sends it well out to left center field. And it's gone! He went to Jared! Sox for the win! Second night in a row, Jansen gets booed off the field. You're listening to the Atia Hour podcast presented by Booking Sports with your host, Trent Atia. What up, everybody? Welcome back. It's your favorite sports betting show, the Atia Hour. I'm your host, Trent Atia, coming at you from Palm Springs, California. Got a great show lined up for you today. As always, the show is powered and brought to you by the Book It Sports app. Download the Book It Sports Download the Book It Sports app today for free on the Google Play Store and Apple App Store. Track your action. Connect with sports bettors of all types, all on one centralized platform. Book it. Got a great show lined up. We're going to be going over some of the running backs that we haven't covered yet in the NFL, covering their yards over under totals, whether or not there's value in betting on them this season. We got some shit from last night of who's fucked. We got it all today. I am shocked that I actually managed to wake up this morning after a 16-inning sweat last night. You're telling me. From the Dodgers. You didn't stay awake, Mike. Uh, (laughs) Mike. Because it was 2 in the morning by the 12th inning. (laughs) What do you want me to do? Stay up till 4 a.m., bro? I was knocked. Dude, East Coast Warriors. Shout out to the East Coast Warriors who managed to stay up and watch the entirety of that game. There was a lot of them. I was live streaming on TikTok. I was shocked at how many people actually were tuning into my live stream at four in the morning Eastern time. It was 1 a.m. my time. I was exhausted. I can't even imagine what East Coasters go through when they sweat the Dodgers. It's terrible. I, I, would, I mean, I don't know what I'm going to do. When we move to the, to the East Coast, you know I'm not going to stop betting on the Dodgers. So it's like, how do I fit that into my sleep schedule? I feel like it won't be that as big of a problem as you think it's going to be. You'll, you'll, you'll be awake. I mean, it happens on a regular basis. They're the last game of the night. Yeah. You know, granted. Keep they- in mind that, that the 16 inning marathon probably won't be an issue moving forward. <laughs> yeah, I mean, how do you get everything better? Forgot how to fucking hit the ball. Dude, situational hitting was just not even an option in that game. How do you manage to go 16 innings with a man on second, a ghost runner on second, every half inning? It was incredible. Because every single, every single time there was a ground ball to the pitcher, the dude at third was like, yeah. I got to go. I got to send it. <laughs> no, you don't, bro. There's like one out. Like, just relax for a second. There me, were way me. too many pickles on my screen at that hour. Me and Mike were uh, watching the game, and every every time a new half inning started, Mike would be like, "Holy shit, there's a guy on second!" Like, let's <laughs> <go."> <laughs> <laughs> it was so funny. Uh, yeah, welcome to the uh, extra inning room, by the way. But yeah, we had no intentions or regard for the game when we live bet in the ninth inning that it would go another probably what two and a half hours. It was literally <laughs> the most brutal thing ever. Dude, Dude, I felt like I was on drugs. Game. <laughs> you knew Tatis was coming up. That shit was going over the wall. He struck out how many times? Three, four times last night. 
You knew he was coming up. You knew this game wasn't over. Dude, he he looks bad. And even when he looks good, he doesn't look like he's had. Dude, he hit that home run, and he was like, God damn it. Fuck. He was so pissed. He doesn't look like the normal Tatis having fun out there, you know? You know how he's just like such a bright, you know, presence every time he steps up to the plate or even takes the field? You can just tell he's not having fun. I mean, he's in le- right field now, uh, but still, I mean, they found a way to get his bat in the lineup. But still, you can just see the frustration in this team and himself, his performance. So, I mean, it was great to see him electrify the night last night with that home run, but he just looks pissed off, dude. Can we, I will, can we mention Max Muncy, though, real quick, who has been in the MVP conversation going 0 for 7 last night? Was there <laughs> bullshit ever it's like every time he got up he was like oh like 100 like getting on base or like yeah. knocking in the guy from second and it would just be like no strike out and then it was also his birthday the first 11 innings and then i guess it became not his birthday anymore he can go suck a dick <laughs> i will hey. say though there was nothing more electric than every new pitcher that came up closing out the inning just leaving the field just juiced juiced Dude, nothing better. There's actually nothing better than that. And they're just like, let's go, let's go. And then it went four more innings. I was like, Jesus Christ. Kenley did his job, and he did it very well. He's actually been on fire as of late. Uh, I bring that up because I've been chirping him for the last three months straight for how how many units he's lost me. But he's been doing his job. It's like when your cheating wife doesn't cheat on you for like three weekends. (laughs) I'm not about to bring out the roses for Kenley Jansen because he's had a couple good games in a row. <laughs> true, true. We need to not. also remember with this Dodger game is I don't know why I don't know if you guys felt this way too, but I was watching it and I was like, catch one one. It's been a pitching duel. We're going to extras. They can't Padres can't end it. We're going inning and inning. I was like, if I'm an under better right now, like I'm watching this game, I'm like, this is just made to fuck me. And of course, and then it has a push. That's dude. wild, dude. Somebody, just, the, the books got to get like, get, I feel like the if if the over actually hit, I feel like the books would have given the money back. I'm like, yeah, that's just ridiculous. Somebody went to bed last night with the biggest smile on their face, thinking that the last yeah. leg of their lay, the under eight here, was a lock, and they were gonna <laughs> they were gonna wake up to some fat units in their account only to find out that it was a push. Luckily it didn't bust. They're yeah. Lucky. Dude, it almost did, bro. Cody Bellinger almost went yard in the 16th and then fucking Gavin Lux ripped it. Yeah. And Patis made that catch at right field. Insane. Also, I feel like Chris Taylor catches that ball in right field on the Patis home run in like any other normal situation, but just because yeah. it was the 15th inning, it was like, you know yeah. what? Might as well. Let's just yep. put that ball over the fence. Just some more classic fluke shit from the MLB, as always. Fuck that. Uh, Rigged. Fuck them. Speaking of baseball, let's stay here for a second. Let's go to who's fucked. And I'll start it off. You know who's fucked? All of the Little League left in this Little League World Series. Why? Because there's actually a fucking Major League Baseball player playing in the Little League right now. His name's Gavin Weir. This dude is absolutely incredible. He's thrown, before the, even, the tournament even started, before they got to Williamsport, this guy had a perfect game and a no-hitter already. He goes to Williamsport. Now he has two no-hitters. He has pitched, or he has given up one hit in 684 pitches. 
That's ridiculous. This guy already has a Division One slider movement. It's crazy. And he's 12, boys. Dave was saying, Big Dave was like, you go up against Gavin right now, could he strike you out? No, he cannot strike me out. No shot he could strike me out right now. Yes, I guarantee Oh, my God. Get the hell out of here. You think Gavin yeah. Weir could strike me out right now? 100%. When's the last time you've swung right. a bat? <laughs> Yesterday, when we, I'll get to this, I'll get to this, but when we did our fantasy draft, I was looking for uh, like a funny, like team logo. So I Googled Trent Atia, and then your like baseball pictures came up, and I was like, this kid did not look like a fucking athlete. That's awesome. <laughs> oh, sure. Are we talking sure. about from the, the little league, like, too? Like, not like, you know what I mean? Because it's, well, not- yeah, no, I wouldn't, that wouldn't be fair if he's pitching from 60 feet. You'd literally be throwing. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. So it's still coming from like equivalent, like what, like 70, like 2, 74? I'm hitting that shit, boys. I'm sorry. Trent, you would get You're not touching his off speed. You guys don't realize this is like going to Boomer's batting cages, bro, and and taking meatballs right down the cot. If you watch, if you actually watch and see how many strikes are thrown, they're swinging at balls that are literally – Souvenirs in the stands, like they are bouncing on the. How's your timing though? Like what? When's the last time you've been in the batter's box? It's been about five years. Dude, if, if you if you face Gavin Weir today, you would look like Javi Baez rather than swinging in the bed cheese like <laughs> a good ten seconds early. Yeah, that was ridiculous. Trent, uh, I don't this- care if the last time he picked up a bat was ten years ago or yesterday. This guy has struck out 86% of the batters he's faced in this little <laughs> series. 86%. That is actually disturbing. Yeah, he yesterday's game, he had 14 strikeouts and faced 18 batters. That's he's a walking K. That sounds disgusting. like a lot of that sounds like a lot of belly aches. All the videos of him side by side with Chris Sale on Twitter are just so funny. <laughs> like, imagine Chris Sale seeing that. And he's just like, guys, what are we doing here? Like, come on. Like, imagine the energy of like that, the other team's like dugout and like the coaches like trying to like hype up the kids, but like they're talking to like each other, like with the assistant coaches and shit. Like, yeah, we're, we are fucked. <laughs> the conversation, the like, conversation. You know, trying to like amp up the kids, but like there's no doubt <laughs> we're fucking touching this kid's slider. Dude, the conversations in those little league dugouts probably have nothing to do with baseball. <laughs> Dude, I can't even imagine what if Fortnite fucking. Dude, yeah, it's like I was cranking nineties last night in Fortnite, and I caught this guy slacking, and I absolutely headshot at him. <laughs> and then they're like, "Fucking Tim, you're up to bat." <laughs> probably watching TikTok. It's like you like the leadoff hitter and like the kid who goes before you like is walking back to like you know let you know like how he's seeing the ball like what he's throwing. I bet like not, like fifty percent of these kids are like walking back to the dugout with fucking tears coming down their face after. <laughs> <laughs> I don't want to play anymore. <laughs> when, when the kids strike out and they like run back to the dugout like with so much energy, it's like. Yeah. Yeah. They don't want any more camera time after looking like a fool in the box. <laughs> and, dude, it's so funny watching infield, like, air mails end up – balls end up in the outfield. Fucking runners never stop running. It's a shit show. Trent, you mentioned the locks, though, for today. Yeah, today we have some Little League locks for you. We're taking the Texas West money line. Shout out to Abilene. And we're taking the boys from California. 
little two-team lay, parlay that, California, <laughs> Texas, book it. That's free. the locks for I the actually lo- I love that. So free. Yeah, so free. So if you're not riding that, no, it's actually, no, we're taking the run line on California. We'd like the even money there. Uh, so run line on California, Texas West, plus 100 money line. Little League Lux, got to love it. Brought to you in part by Capri Sun. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Not a sponsor. <laughs> Brought to you by Capri Sun. That would be lit if those coolers were filled with fucking Sunny D. Dude, you would have the most wild games if those kids were yugging Capri Sun <laughs> during the entire game. Dude, what if we find out Gavin Weir's on like some PEDs? He's <laughs> juicing. <laughs> <laughs> he's juicing dude, dude i had to make wild. this joke i have to make this joke before we move on but Uh-oh. i needed dave to go to the store and get me some goddamn coffee while we're here he comes back with fucking decaf decaf coffee and decaf coffee is about as useless as any little leaguer going up to the plate with fucking gavin weir on the mound <laughs> uh, <laughs> moving on mike who's fucked tell us um, Teddy Bridgewater is fucked. They, uh, they, now they announced him as a starter in Denver and I truly think Drew Locke will have the job by week three. So you're fucked. Teddy Bridgewater. Why? What? Cause I have so much faith. Cause I put a sprinkle on Drew Locke to be the <laughs> passing did. yard leader. So I have to talk myself into the fact that Teddy Bridge- Bridgewater will not have that job for long. So yeah. Teddy Bridgewater from me to you, you're fucked. That's a donation, a nice little cute Again, donation. I feel like our definition of this whole who's fucked thing is like still a little skewed because in that scenario, you are fucked, not no, Teddy. No, no, he's fucked. No, yeah, no, fucked. Well, no, so- no, he's fucked. Uh, my who's fucked is actually you guys because literally we did a fantasy draft last night and every single player that I passed on was available the next round. My team is disgusting. I have studs, proven studs at every single um, – I got Dak Prescott, who is not not hurt. I have Chubb, Mixon, Devontae Adams, Julio Jones, Julio Jones, Kittle, Chris Carson is my flex. I don't see how uh, any of you guys' teams are going to beat me. Uh, so. There's literally a chance like five weeks from now that you literally have half your team. Yeah. <laughs> Bro, yeah, Gavin's chirp to me after was that like – Oh, like Jason's team's all injury, whatever. Like First every all, single player in this league has fucking been hurt for like a good amount of time in their careers. <laughs> yeah, but dude, like George Kittle, Julio Jones, Chris Carson, Joe Mixon, Dak Prescott's like, dude, you can't tell me. Yeah. Those guys aren't some of the all most guy, names in the league. All guys that are going to try for like that are ready for a comeback year. And if one of them goes down, that's fine. But also, also, Trent was out here with two philosophies as we've been talking about these running backs. Don't fucking bet on someone whose leg was backwards. And Joe Mixon is going to have the best year of all time. Yeah, he drafted you. Saquon with his first pick. And then passed up Joe Mixon in the third round. Literally, well, yeah. Third round. And the, apparently the best running back in the league is sitting on the board for Trent. And he doesn't fucking take him. I mean, if you've, if you've listened to this show, the way that that draft went last night, everyone pretty much doubled down on the guys that they had takes on, except for Trent. And he bitched out in the most ho way possible when Joe Mixon was screaming to be picked after Trent made the claim that Joe Mixon's going to have a better year 
than Nick Chubb, and he passed on him. He said the best best career season that he's had, and he's fucking passing on him with fucking Julio Jones and on the team and Derrick Henry, who's getting the ball 25 times a game. First of, all, first of all, Jason, thank you for, for attempting to diminish my picks, but your Cricket Wireless did not allow you to fit it in in time. Second of all, I would appreciate yeah, how, long have, been, how long have you been sitting on that, Chuck? We heard that one like four days ago. <laughs> I would appreciate if I get some airtime on my goddamn show, all right? So let me tell you why uh, I did what I did. I had the fifth pick overall. Saquon was still available. I mean, who else would I? I'm not taking Kelsey as my. It's favorite. Not so much the Saquon, but it's it's the mixing. You're trying I mean, to rationalize this. I'm not. So I wanted I wanted to force you guys in a position to have to draft Joe Mixon and see if you guys had the balls to do it. And if not, guess just what? Uh, just stop. Move on. Let's just, <laughs> when he's in the <laughs> end of round three. How are you flipping this on us after? That was the dumbest shit I've ever heard. That was right. the dumbest shit I've ever heard. Moving on, Gavin. Who's fucked? My who's fuck was going to be Travis Etienne, but you didn't mention um, about the MLB last night with the Orioles. They're <laughs> basically your fucks because yeah. you said the last time that you took them, um, a team against them minus one and a half, was the only time they lost by one over the span of their 20-game losing streak. Mm-hmm. And last night, they're, you're like, yeah, they're not fucking losing. And they fucking go on a six-run rally and, and, and lose or and win. Yeah. So there you go, Trent. You bet on bet against the Orioles twice out of twenty-one games. <laughs> pretty, pretty brutal. Uh, that of course wouldn't happen to anyone else besides your boy. That's uh, actually like absurd. Like that should be a stat on Bleacher Report tonight. It is. I picked two games in this twenty-game span to bet against the Orioles. And they both lost, and they lost nineteen fucking games in that span. Nineteen would have literally cashed. It's literally nuts. It's absolutely disturbing. It's disturbing, and they were like plus three hundred yesterday against the fucking Angels, dude. Not so, even gonna go. Fuck. Not even gonna go there. Uh, we're fading them heavy today, though. Angels, ML, no way they win two in a row. Fuck that. Uh, I did so. last night too. I I tailed you, so fuck you. Beautiful. Beautiful. All right, well, let's get into some of these running backs that we have not covered yet that were not listed in the top 10 in the previous two episodes that we had recorded. Uh, But let's go over some of our sleeper picks who are going to have good years this year where we see value in uh, some of these over-under totals and yards or touchdowns. Uh, We have a pretty solid list of running backs that we have not touched on yet outside of this top 10 that are definitely going to have either make or break years. I'll start it off with Josh Jacobs uh, as my sleeper. I think Josh is due to have a breakout year this this season. This is his third year in the league uh, in an offense where it's heavily pass-oriented, but they rely heavily on the run game as well to keep it a balanced offense. I think Josh Jacobs, he's already hit this number over 1,000 and a half in his first two years. So we're already seeing results. He's already hit this number. It's lower than his last two previous seasons. I mean, how does he not hit this number? 1,000 and a half? Well, tell me how he doesn't hit this number. Well, you tell me how he hits this number with Kenyon Drake in the backfield also. All right. They bring in Kenyon Drake. The Raiders are actually the only team in the NFL to have two running backs guaranteed $10 bucks this season, uh, which I thought was interesting and which I thought when I first saw that, I was like, oh, under for sure you got two split backs who are going to be splitting carries but that's simply not the case uh 
Kenyon Drake is not here to take carries from Josh Jacobs. In fact, Josh Jacobs recruited Kenyon Drake to come to uh, Las Vegas. So it's not about whether or not who's going to get more carries. Kenyon Drake was brought into this offense for the pass game and literally only the pass game. Uh, so I don't see a significant amount of carries being taken out of Josh Jacobs' uh, workload because Kenyon Drake's not going to be ru running the ball. He's literally to open up the pass game in that air raid offense. And Josh Jacobs is still going to be getting the majority of the carries plus an extra game. Book it over a thousand and a half yards. I don't hate it. I really like the Raiders this year. I think they're going to surprise a lot of people. No, I think so too. What do you, I think so. What do you know about the Raiders? Dude, I, Derek Carr <laughs> has been getting significantly better every year under the Grudmeister. Is he? Yeah, every year. Yeah, He's his yard total every year. You sounded very – you didn't sound too confident when that He's came out of your mouth. He's thrown more he yards like, than the year before every year He's, under John Gruden. Because don't have like, football right. Oh, Cricket Wireless. Yeah. Fucking Jason with the McDonald's Wi-Fi. <laughs> is Ramari Cooper coming back for the Raiders or was that uh, – No. No. But this team – I mean, they just had back-to-back-to-back-to-back -to -back -to -back -to -back just – haven't met expectations seasons and they're so due. I know that's just the most overused saying, but they're so due. No, I, I love this team this year, actually. So, so are the Lions, Trent. <laughs> what'd you say? I said so are the Lions, but I mean, there's a difference between being due and sucking cock. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what the difference is, but it's Jason's a line. Trying to the pin this on StreamYard is I think top 10 most ho moments I've ever seen in my life. Yeah, let's continue on to the next article. All right, yeah, so moving on, Josh Jacobs over. No one else is countering my over there, which means it's good value. Book I, it. I wouldn't touch it. You wouldn't touch it, sure. Sure, Gavin. You know what, Gavin? Let's go to you next. What's the next, what's the next sleeper pick? All right, both my guys are, like, pretty similar, um, like caliber running backs, but – to start, Austin Eckler. I mean, I feel like where his over-under is set at 825 is, like, extremely low considering the guy that he is being the main back in Los Angeles, Granite. Um, you know, obviously, he's he's been injury-prone. He missed six games in 2020, and if you include the game where he, he left, you can make it seven. But in general, if he's playing 17 games and able to hit his over, um, would be 47 yards per game. So I really don't think this would be that crazy of a stat line to have for a guy of his talent. Um, obviously, he's a huge – he's a dual threat in the he's, – he's huge in the pass game. And um, if Herbert's expected to have the year that he's going to, um, he's really going to benefit him both on the ground and in the air. But um, every game last year, he got six of – Six of seven games last year where he hit over 47 yards when he got over 10 carries. So basically, if he gets the 10-carry mark, which I think is pretty reasonable to expect from a main back on, on the Chargers, he's hitting 47 yards every game. Um, I also try to dive in and look for his receiving over under for both receptions and receiving yards, but really I couldn't – I couldn't find one on either DraftKings or FanDuel 
which I thought was pretty BS. But yeah, they have a mid-tier O-line. Um, last year in his final six games, though, for when bringing up the conversation of him being like obviously a, a threat over the air, um, he averaged over six receptions a game. So I would like to do a hot take for if he stays healthy throughout the through 17 games that he'll be both top 20 in receiving yards and receptions amongst wide receivers in the league. Because I also looked back at his targets. He was getting like over eight targets a game in his final six games. And like, it, it seems like obviously in preseason, I've seen a couple interviews with him. He seems super like amped up about the season and said, even for fantasy owners that he's going to be getting in points if he's on the field. So you got to love the energy and you got to love this guy for, the Chargers, I and mean, I feel like he's one of the few backs in the league where, like, you don't have to worry about anyone else being in there. Like, he's going to be on the field 95%. Yeah. I was, that's what I was about to say. I was like, I feel like that's the biggest thing for, for this prop is that they literally just don't have any other running backs. And the only running back that actually, like, looked pretty decent last year for the Chargers when Eckler was out was Caleb Cricket. Wires. And he's not even there anymore. He went to Pittsburgh. So, yeah. Jackson and Joshua Kelly, like, we know they hate. Oh, I'm not sure if you're done with your take or what. Cricket Wireless is just. <laughs> Bro, literally my internet works perfectly. This is a bullshit fucking streaming service we use. I'm not going <laughs> to say the name because I don't want to lose our fucking <laughs> access to this website. But literally everything works perfectly. Fuck but real quick, I, uh, I forgot to mention that obviously he had 530 rushing yards last year. And where the over-under set this year, he would only need 300 yards this upcoming season, adding an extra game in eight games. So can you get 300 yards in eight games? I think that's good value. Almost anyone in the league <laughs> starting under a starting behind the center could uh, get three. What's, what's his over under number? 825. 825. And it, I like it. And was out for seven games last year and had 530. So like I said, uh, eight games this year, adding the extra one needs 300 yards to hit it. I think it's it's pretty free, especially with him, like I said, being fully healthy and ready to go. Word, word. So far, Josh Jacobs over a thousand and a half. Gavin Austin Eckler over eight twenty-five and a half. That seems low for a guy like Eckler getting those carries. If he gets the carries, he's gonna hit that number. If he's gonna yeah, stay and like healthy. I said, try to find a receiving prop because I'm liking his receiving yards and receptions. Yeah. I got you one right here for Eckler. They got his uh, receiving over under at six hundred and a half. Ooh, is that lower than you expected? I mean, I would take that any day. I mean, obviously, I need to look more into it, but dude, come on! I think he could possibly be like pushing a thousand this year. I think he could be a thousand, thousand guy. No, no, no doubt. He could definitely have a McCaffrey role and have wow. that season. That's some high praise. I think it would be easier for him to have a thousand yards receiving than a thousand yards rushing, one hundred percent. But like I said, dude, he gets the targets. Like, I was looking at some of his game logs last year. Like, he was going, like, nine targets, nine targets, 11 targets, like, 14 targets. Like, it was it was crazy. Like I said, his final six weeks, Herbert's just going to continue to rely on him to, to push the ball downfield. And it's going to happen all season. I, I literally love that. That's awesome. Word. You heard it here first from Gavin. Over both receiving and rushing, Austin Eckler. Jason, what do you got for us? Sleeper running back. Is Cricket Wireless even an internet provider? Isn't that just like a fucking <laughs> phone service cell provider? 
<laughs> I don't know. You're the fucking one who should know. Bro, I got five full bars every time we do this bullshit. Maybe it's <laughs> your fucking dumbass, whatever this is on. Don't blame this on me. Here's the little bit, bro. Um, I have Javante Williams over 775 and a half yards as one of my favorite totals on this. And I, I see a lot of similarities here in the situation that Javante's in, uh, with the, with what, what Cam Akers did last year, right? Like early second round running back drafted and to a team that doesn't necessarily have a strong RB one, but Cam Akers didn't really get the touches to start the season. He fell behind Malcolm Brown, Daryl Henderson in the, in the depth chart. And then starting like week 12, he absolutely went off and really took the job. And then he unfortunately got hurt and missed a couple of games after he got the job, after he took the job. So he finished with 625 yards and like just a few games of starting. So if you compare that situation to what the Broncos got, Melvin Gordon's the RB1. He was the RB1 last year. He still split carries with Philip Lindsay, who is horrible. And he got shipped off to the worst team in the league. So I fully expect Melvin Gordon to lose his job to a young, huge rookie in Javante Williams, who is, I mean, I've watched this guy in the preseason, and, like, half of this pick is based on, like, stats and the situation in Denver. But, uh, I mean, uh, the other half of this pick is just fully based on watching this guy, and he's actually just such a talented running back. His ability to break tackles, he was an absolute beast in college. So I totally see him starting to split carries with Melvin Gordon as the season uh, gets started here. But, I mean, Cam Akers only took the starting job in L.A. week 12 and still finished with 625 yards. So, if Javante Williams can do that a few years sooner, I think he can do that six. 725 is a low number. I think he's probably a 1,000-yard rusher this year. So, that's uh, that's my first pick I, I love. I don't even know if you guys know who Javante Williams is. You guys probably don't do prep like I, mean, I do. I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm going to be real. I'm not going to lie. I couldn't tell you what fucking team he plays for. I've literally Broncos. just talked about it. like do you not like You didn't say the team name once. I was waiting. Actually, no, you said Broncos. Broncos. I said Melvin Gordon. Yeah, I would just say the only thing I would say for this is I don't think it will be a, as easy as you might think for him to win the job over Melvin. Melvin was 14 yards off a thousand yards last year with nine rushing touchdowns. So like I don't know. The 775 feels very high, but he is a big boy. So I don't know. I mean, I Denver feel- also fucking sucks. Bro, Melvin Gordon's going to get a DUI like week four. Like, this is what he, that's, what <laughs> he, that, that's what he does now. That's a Trent that. take. That's a Trent take. I have Javante Williams, that. so Melvin Gordon's going to get a DUI. That's based four. on history, bro. Uh, that's not uh, based on actual historical facts. DraftKings have that's a that's week. Is there a line we can get? Is there value there? Could be. Could be. Two. Mike, are you going to take that over, to- or is Jason tripping? I don't think I would touch. I don't think I would take that over. <laughs> not sold on it. No. Not buying into the takes. No. I mean, then, I, I like I like the Josh Jacob take. Then, uh, then who's your fucking sleeper? Then my sleeper is Alvin Kamara. Um, he his line is at 950 and a hook right now, and I think I would lean the over. He had 932 yards last year, playing 15 games. So I think you know you had two games. Can he get that extra 18 yards? I would like to think so. That's kind of the only reason why I like this number. It feels low for what he had last year, adding an extra game. So, I mean, 18 yards, it's Alvin Kamara. He could get that in that one extra game just to clear the over. So, Christmas Kamara. Of course. I also <laughs> took his over on 10 rushing touchdowns. He had 16 last year. And if Jameis is going to sling the ball like anything people are saying he can with that LASIK, 
they're going to be by the goal line very frequently, I would think. And he is the guy that you give it to when you're by the goal line. So, I mean, 10 touchdowns, he had 16 last year. I would take that over as well. He basically almost hit Joe Mixon's over in touchdowns for the season this year in a game in the last game of the season last year. <laughs> that's fucking why he had six touchdowns last uh in the last game of that season and won me my fantasy league i just skipped into the championship won it without a sweat you're, you're so back and forth on joe mixon it's insane how uh how Mike, how, wait yeah jason you got what's up i i just i want to propose a bet to you and I want sure. I want Gavin or Trent, someone neutral, to set an over under on what week Javante Williams is the starter for the Broncos. Okay. Oh, we're back to Javante Williams now. Why are we going back to Javante? <laughs> <laughs> no. Like, All right, like, I'll go fuck myself. My bad. <laughs> no, no, I'm down. I'm down. I'm down. I'm down. Give me a week. But, no, no, never mind. No, my, week seven. Yeah, but I feel like it's going to be seven? like. A, split carry role, maybe like all season anyway. So you might not even realize like the starting role because it's not going to make that much of a significant difference because I feel like the Broncos in general just can't really, they're not going to really figure out their offense too well all season. I mean, they just fucking named their starting quarterback like yesterday. And I don't know. How about this? How about this? Mike's who's fucked. The Broncos are Mike, I'll bet you that at the end of the season, Javante Williams has more carries than Melvin Morton. All right, there you go. That's a better, that's a better proposal. Uh, yeah, I would take that. I would take, take that. that wager. I'll take that wager. How much? How much? Are I on? think Melvin's gonna have more yards in him for sure, though. All right. Well, that's you want to bet that then? Let's. Yeah, let's do the yards. Let's keep it to the yards. We're talking about yards. Keep it to the yards. All right, more yards. Javante Williams, or Melvin Gordon. Yeah. Do you like? Uh, do you well, actually well, like that, or would you rather do carries? I'll do carries. I'll do both. I don't care. I'll do literally <laughs> fancy points, touches, steps on the field. DUIs. No, I'll take less let's DUIs. Do, let's do the yards. I feel like that because you know if he's getting the carries, right, he better right. be. He better have more yards. We'll, we'll, we'll talk price off air. No one needs right, to know so my financial a, business. A personal, a personal <laughs> wager uh, between Mikey Evers and Jason yeah, Herman. Dude, I'm getting new Wi-Fi after this season, baby. <laughs> <laughs> Javante Williams have more yards than Melvin Gordon on the season. Mikey Evers is on Melvin. Jason is on Javante. Will be interesting to see how that one pans out. Over under on when Javante takes the starting role, I'd say week seven and a half. Uh, so take your take your bets there. Have fun watching Broncos games. Yeah, I mean, you no, guys can that's put an that ESPN one out. ESPN Gamecast check. NFL is not a it's not a sport where you can make that chirp because you know you watch every single game every single week at the same yeah. time. It's not like it's not like when I was fucking in Reno that one time and I was just locked in the Northwestern Iowa football game. Like <laughs> I'm gonna be just I'll know everything. I'll be watching every game. Fucking Broncos games I've tuned into over the last three years. I couldn't tell you. <laughs> Uh, so Mikey over says over 950 and a half rushing yards on Alvin Kamara, as well as 10 rushing touchdowns. He had 16 last year. That's a low number. Why do you think these numbers are so disrespectful for Kamara? Do you think that this new offense with the quarterback change and Drew Brees retiring is going to play a huge factor in the amount of carries and yards that Kamara has? Well, I think like you said, he got six touchdowns in the last game. That would have been – he would have had ten. So that over-under for the touchdown was probably why that number's there, even though that still feels low for him. And I don't know, like, I, he's obviously also a pass catcher too. So they're not going to put his rushing yards at 1,000. 
or else they're someone's echoing. So I'm getting getting some echo. Some wild echo. <laughs> With a um, wild echo right before, now. Before you blame it on me, I I've been putting myself on mute when I don't talk. So don't fucking <laughs> yeah, that's blame. Good practice. Good practice. No, but I think guys like this who are kind of dual threat that can catch the ball and also run the ball, they're not never going to have super high rushing yards except for Christian McCaffrey because he had the 1,000-thousand years. So yeah. I assume that's why they have these numbers where they're at, right? No, for sure. For sure. Speaking of dual threats, moving on from Kamara, DeAndre Swift, Mike Yeovers, um, what are your thoughts on him this season so far? Looking at the lines here, if it's over at 900.5 for yards, 8.5 touchdowns. I will keep it short. He had 521 rushing yards last year on only 114 attempts. He's now the clear number one, and he only played 13 games last year. So, I mean, you add in that 17th game as well as those four that he – or those three that he missed, and I think he makes up that difference as the clear number one now. He's going to have probably over 200 attempts, and I think he's a guy that could probably finish around what Kamara's over is at around the 950, 925 mark. So I like the over in his yards. And then his rushing TDs, I'll take the over. He hit this number in only 13 games last year as the non-lead, so I do like this number for him as well. I'm, I think these numbers are also disrespectful for our boy DeAndre Swift. Uh, it is the Lions, though. So, yeah, it is the Lions. Yes, that is absolutely something to consider when looking at these numbers. However, he's a beast, dude. We've already seen him. Now how many got, yards did he rush for last season? 521. I mean, and how many games? 13. But he wasn't really the lead back in all 13 of those games. No, that's what, that was my point. Yeah, so I need that over to hit fat because I drafted him as my RB2. <laughs> I needed to hit fat. I'll ride this with you because I like that. I think this Lions team is going <laughs> to – Yeah, do I not. I can't even say that with a straight Do not finish that. Do not finish that. Do not finish that. Do not finish that. I literally straight up – What were you going to say? <laughs> uh, let's not even get into if it. If the word surprise was coming out of your mouth next, we should have just <laughs> ended this. Intend, training. perhaps? <laughs> perhaps. Um, Disappoint, maybe, would have made sense. <laughs> with the, yeah, if he you know said that are, with the energy gonna... he presented it with, that would have been even funnier. I really think this line yeah. is going to disappoint this year. <laughs> um, Turn some heads, perhaps. <laughs> you know who is going to turn some heads, though, on their route to the Super Bowl? The Seattle Seahawks. Chris Carson, I like his over as well. I like him to have a great year and rush for over 1,000 yards. Jason, you like him too, don't you? Yeah, yeah, that's my second sleeper. Uh, and sometimes, like I said with Javante, like, yeah, you can make bets based on stats and ba- based on history, or you can make bets based on what you actually watch and if you think you know talent when you see it. And another way to make bets is to actually just listen and read reports on what's happening in practices and training camps. And I said this earlier when we talked about Russell Wilson. They want to run the ball so much more in Seattle. Uh, new offensive coordinator. They want. They don't want Russell cooking, as a lot of people in Seattle do all the time. Why? So – I don't know, bro. Like, look at the second half of the season last year when they wanted when Russell was cooking. He just fucking led <laughs> yeah. the league in picks in that like five week period. But so Chris Carson, dude, like he just he, I feel like last year wasn't he obviously wasn't as healthy um, as he's been in prior seasons. But over nine hundred seventy five and a half in the two seasons where he put up where he played at least fourteen games, eleven hundred yards, twelve hundred yards. 
So as long as he gets to 13, 14 games, this number is an absolute lock. They lost Carlos Hyde. He's a dude that was just always taking third down carries and, and you know, getting like five, six carries a game. Now their best running back, not on the not named Chris Carson, Rashad Penny, maybe. So kind of similar to the whole Chargers situation. Like there's just really not an RB2 here that's gonna be taking more than two, three carries away from Chris Carson. So as long as uh, Pete Carroll is not lying to us, I don't see how Chris Carson doesn't get, you know, at least 15 touches every single game and a 975 and a half yards for a guy that easily puts up a thousand plus uh, when he's healthy. I feel like this is you, solid over. Do you think there's a question? Because I forget, does anyone remember what Russell Wilson's passing yards over under is this year? 4,000 something. 4,000. Because granted, this was early in his career, but the last time the Seahawks had a rusher, possibly like Chris Carson, um, who had over a thousand yard seasons, was um, 2011 to 2014. Granted that Russell Wilson came in in 2012, but it was Marshawn Lynch had over a thousand rushing yards in all those seasons, and 2012 to 2014. He didn't have over 3,500 passing yards in any of those seasons. So something interesting to look at. And then once Marshawn left, the very next season he had over 4,000. And then in 2016 at 4,200. So something interesting to look at. Now I mean, Carson stays healthy. The Seahawks just haven't had good good running backs since Marshawn, really. That's like – I mean, could you name anyone else besides – Marshawn Lynch that has ran the ball for the Seahawks that's been relevant. That's not Chris Carson. Robert Turbin. Oh, that was a trick question. <laughs> like trick question. Robert Turbin. Carson's their guy, and if he's supposed to be, you know, and if he stays healthy throughout the season and he gets a thousand yard season, I wonder how that pans out for looking at Russell Wilson because in the past, like we've gone over, like the Seahawks were such a run heavy team along with like such a strong defense. So I wonder if they like kind of start to step back into that mm-hmm. kind of, role of, you know, heavy, heavy run game and trying to get some of these bigger names on defensive side again. I, I will know. say though, by Trent's logic, if you're going to take an over on any player's future on the Seahawks, you it. might as well take them to win the Super Bowl instead because there's way more value. So if you like Chris Carson's, if you like Chris Carson's over, just make sure you also either sprinkle on them to win the Super Bowl, or you only sprinkle on them to win the Super Bowl. Right, the let, me ham- let me let me hammer Broncos Super Bowl right now. <laughs> Let's go. Uh, fuck you. They're able for us to have a good season. Chris Carson has to have a thousand yards rushing, right? Yeah, yeah. And if he has a thousand yards rushing, that probably means that the pass game really is opening up the run, which means DK Metcalf's overs for sure hitting. Enough. Which means Tyler. Which means Tyler Lockett's going to be against the second best quarterback. Which means his over is going to hit. <laughs> which means Luke Wilson's coming out of retirement. And his not enough ball hit. for Lockett, dude. Not enough ball for Lockett. There's a plenty. Oh, that's of your wide ball. receiver one. There's always enough ball to go around. Trent, these are your words, not mine. <laughs> <laughs> um, There's just not enough ball in Cleveland for some reason. But everywhere else, there's plenty of ball. <laughs> Never enough ball in Cleveland. Uh, so that's basically, I mean, as far as running backs that we see good value in, uh, kind of concludes that. But there is a long list of players that we've left off the board. And I would like to know why, you know, a guy like Anaje Harris has not been discussed. What are, I mean, do you, do you guys think that he's going to make a breakout year in his rookie season in Pittsburgh? I mean, he's been looking great in camp and 
they're saying he's going to be the guy that gets a lot of usage. But I don't know. I, I think his over under was what? Like a thousand? Yes. I don't. I just don't know if I love that number. I don't know. Yeah. yeah. I mean, it sounds. The O line, and obviously another situation where there's a lot of talent on the team with obviously Big Ben's going to be slinging it with Claypool, Johnson, Juju. I mean, I think he's a workhorse. I think they're also going to use him a lot um, over the top with the pass game. But um, I don't know. I It's just like where the numbers set, I think, where everyone's iffy. Like if it was like around like 825 or like 850, like an Eckler line, obviously he's probably going to get more touches on the ground, like hopefully. But I don't know. I feel like setting it at a 1,000 in a rookie season is, is frisky with the O-line that he has. Yeah. And this is just one of the situations too where like, the Steelers last year were one of the most frustrating teams to watch and like predict on how their offense was going to look. Like, you know, they would have a 35 point performance one week and then put up 12 points next week. And like, it, it just was not a fun team. And I know like Najee's supposed to fix that, but it's, it's really also just a situation where I can't trust myself to put money on really anyone in this offense because I just don't know how they're going to look. And, yeah. if, and if Big Ben goes down, you're so fucked if yeah. Mason Rudolph is under center because you know they are like teams, defensive coordinators are literally sending everyone every play because either fucking Rudolph stepping back and you're gonna kill him and it's gonna be a fucking strip sack fumble whatever, or they're gonna hand the ball off to Najee and the the box is gonna be so stacked it's gonna be like a two yard game. So it, like you better be yeah. praying that. In Big Ben now at the age of forty is having a healthy season if you're taking Najee Harris is over. I ain't taking it. I fucking hate the Steelers and betting on them. Whether it's whether it's player props, spreads, they just never perform. So I'm out. And for that reason, I'm out on any Najee Harris or Pittsburgh Steeler player props. Well, that concludes today's episode. Thank you guys so much for sticking around, joining us. As always, this has been the Atia Hour. Trent Atia, the rest of the gang, Gavin, Mikey Overs, Jason Ehrman. Uh, great takes today, boys. Let's make some units this week. We'll see you guys back on Tuesday in the studio. Have a great week of betting. It's almost NFL. We'll see you right around the corner. Have a great weekend, guys.